You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today, we are finally interviewing Adrian Young, author of Fable and Namesake. Do you want to say hi? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. We are so <laughs> excited to have you. Sorry. Me and Tina are like, oh, you want to talk first? Do you just want to do like a quick introduction about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I'm Adrienne Young. I am a young adult fantasy author of four books now, which I can hardly believe, but um, I'm the author of my first book, A Sky in the Deep, and the companion novel was The Girl the Sea Gave Back, which came out in 2019. And then the new series is the Fable duology. Fable came out in September and Namesake, the sequel, just came out March 16th. And I have a spinoff novel of this world coming again in September. And we are so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to learn more about all these characters. Yes, I think that one of one of Adrian's like incredible strengths, and I think Obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you probably know how incredible you love her. You know her. <laughs> but yes. one of the things that I just love is just how all of the research that she has just really like goes into the books and builds out that world so deeply. And I just really love the way that she builds these like heroines into such strong characters who just really know know some they have that like self-assurance in themselves and they're really trying to make a difference in their world. And I just think if you haven't read any of her books yet first off this podcast is not the one for you because we're about to talk about some spoilers but also you should really look into her books because she just really not only is her world building great but she has really likable heroines and we'll talk more about that later but adrian young is incredibly talented and we are trying so hard not to have heart attacks that she is on our podcast with us right now we're chill we're cool people we're totally fine we're not yeah it's fine it's fine thanks guys yeah, of course. I just will hit on you throughout the entire episode. Just prepare for that. Um, what had happened <laughs> and is that we did our Fable episode and I had jokingly sent it. I slipped into Adrienne's DMs and I was like, hey, by the way, we did this episode about you. And she replied back and I, my soul like yeeted out of my body. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then she like, what was crazy is she like live responded as she was listening to it and was like, oh, the reason why you, this is this and this and this. And I was just sitting there like, would you, would you like to uh, say those things on the podcast? And she was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I just, man, man, it was, it was great. And here she is in the flesh. So that is um, how we got the beautiful, incredible Adrienne Young in our. Yeah, that was, it was funny how that happened because <laughs> I think I was like, I had a day off and I was just like laying in bed and I clicked on it and I started listening to it. And I was like, ha, this is funny. And then. <laughs> And then I just kept listening. And then I was like, you know, anytime you hear any kind of like recap of your book or whatever, that things get like lost in the mix or whatever. And so I don't remember what it was, but you said something, you were like, I, I don't know what happened here. And so I texted you and I was like, oh, actually this happened. And then I did that for the entire episode. It was beautiful. So. I love that so much. And I was sitting there, I was like, and I think I called her out for not respond. I was like, I was like, oh, we emailed her. But no response. I know, and I think we were like, Adrian Young, she'd probably never come on this podcast. <laughs> I know, and, I, my, and then I was like, Anna, Anna, we were so wrong. 
but um we wanted to quickly go over the pronunciation for all of us that yes. are readers of this book so how do you pronounce adrian's mother's name fable's mother fables yep you said hey, what's your like, mom's name i think what's your mom's maiden name yep. her name's <laughs> janet <laughs> um uh fable's mom is Isold. Isold. i love the way that how did you kind of come up with the name behind that like um i don't know names kind of just honestly when i'm writing they kind of come to me sometimes i have to search for a name but i feel like names kind of just start popping into my head when i'm writing and i'll assign them to different characters and then sometimes they have to change because they sound too much like another character's name or um, I realized that I used that name like in a different book or something like it, <laughs> like all those things. But, um, but yeah, I feel like they kind of just pop into my head most of the time. I love that. So fun. Okay. And then Anna, since we're, we just, yeah. read Nate, we're, like, do you want to share really quick? Just like your person, like you, yeah, sure I book. love namesake. In fact, I like tabbed it up so hard. <gasps> Yay. Like, so something. pretty. Um, and so just. Something that I loved about Namesake that is the way it's different from Fable is it's very, like, you know the characters, you know the world. So it's very plot-driven. And I love that you get a deeper look into just who, like, West is. And you get a further look into who her mother is and, like, where she came from and why she left. And then it's just a lot of the characters, like, they got together and they figured out they needed to be together in the first book. And then the second book, they're like, okay, now how do we make this work? Like, how do we be cohesive together? And, like achieve everything so we're all on the same page and definitely obsessed with the father-daughter relationship of saint and fable she delivered yeah. our girl delivered yes <laughs> and i was like a hundred pages in front of me when we were reading this and she was like celine oh my gosh it's so worth it the ending is the payoff <laughs> the payoff is there <laughs> i'm reading as fast as i can <laughs> but um do you want to start off with our questions yeah so I just, what was it like writing a sequel? I know you talked in your stories about the release of Fable and like that versus the release of Namesake. So how has it been? This is all of that. It's been great. I mean, I, releasing Fable was challenging. It, I love that book so much and I was so excited about it. And, you know, I sold the book like a year and a half before it came out or something and then nobody knew a pandemic was going to happen or, yeah. you know, all these things that were going to come up. And um, it just was a very difficult time to release a book. And it wound up coming out on an incredibly competitive day. And I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. I kind of felt like this book that I had had so much like hope with, I was just kind of had to brace myself for like, it's just not this book's time, maybe. So um the fact that readers have responded so excitedly about the book has been huge to me. Like yep. it has meant so much to me. And I think with namesake coming out, like having the series established, it's just been fun. Like it's just all the like worry and trepidation from launching the series is over now it's out there. It's readers are there. People are still discovering the book and the ball is rolling. And so there's not quite as much pressure with the second book coming out. Um, but also kind of like what you said there, you don't have to world build as much. There's not like so much establishing and backstory that has to get conveyed in the second book. You can kind of just pick up where you left off and focus on what's happening in the story and the readers already know these characters. And so it's kind of like, 
you can trust the reader with more and you can bring them farther along than you can in a first book, which is always really fun. And I just really appreciate the fact that I think like as a reader that because there's not as much world building, you get to see so much more character development and exploration. And I'm so excited that you're like expanding the world even more. I like, I was so excited when you announced that because I was like, yes, like we just get to sit, spend more time with those characters and that's really exciting. So, but I can't imagine that's so cool. I'm glad you've had that such a good experience and a good enough experience to like give us some more. We appreciate it. Yeah. I am really, I feel like if the, honestly, like from the non-creative side and just the business side of publishing, if, if readers hadn't shown up for Fable, the last legacy would not be happening. So, you know, they don't buy books. They don't think we'll sell. And uh, it really is only gonna happen because people have just been so excited about this series. And I'm so happy because I didn't think that the that, that book was gonna happen. And so I'm super, super excited about it. Yeah, we're so excited for you. And like, even just the small amount of time, like we've been in the Fable community, like. It, there's just so much love for the world for all the characters huh. so we're so happy for you that you and for us that we get to read the last legacy <laughs> we yeah. appreciate it <laughs> we're putting those arc requests <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i hope that there are gonna i i wonder i don't even know if there's gonna be physical arcs there will be digital arcs but i to go i'm ready for the pandemic to be over also for there so that there can be physical arcs for more books again so yes yeah that's definitely something that we've noticed a lot yes. too all the arcs we've gotten have been digital mm -hmm. yes. we also yeah. like, I loved like the community the physical community of like you know like a panel and like being able to get yeah some mm -hmm. I'm excited for that part of the world to kind of open up again because I know so much is so virtual which is great but it's I miss the physical world a little bit oh yeah I do too and like my favorite favorite part of the author side of things is meeting readers and like doing signings in person and like doing bookstore events and stuff like that and um haven't done any in over a year now I think my last one was last February February 2019 or no 20 sorry so I feel like I I really miss that I'm ready to By September go back in person one oh, I'm hoping I'm like crossing my fingers so hard I really really hope we can do events in the fall yeah well, let us know how we can help we will literally do whatever um <laughs> my question was I love the complicated relationship um between Holland and Isolde like their relationship was so it was hinted at I like was I have, since you're here with us, I was like, could you tell us a little bit more about their relationship? Because I'm sure, you know, there's only so much you can reveal. Um, we just love to know more about it. Yeah. So is this is this spoilers or no spoilers? Complete spoilers. If you okay. Like, yeah, I'm like, you have to read this book. We'll <laughs> okay. put it in the yeah. first line of like, do not listen to this episode until you've read. Okay. Man, people are so hardcore about the spoiler thing. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I you really yeah. are. We have hey. learned it. We accidentally did like set a spoiler in one of our very first episodes and so many messages like, how dare you? How yeah. dare you not put a warning that there was a spoiler in there? And we're like, we're sorry. We're so sorry. Oh yeah. It, people are so hardcore about it. And I'm, I'm really bad about accidentally spoiling because I start <laughs> talking about something and then I like ramble into this other thought. And then I like run across something in what I said where people are like, that's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. <laughs> I'm like, I got you know that spoiling Jane. Air and I was like, 
it came oh, out you- a century ago. <laughs> I was like, they're like, well, I hadn't finished yet. And I was like, <laughs> you can't spoil a classic. <laughs> spoil a classic. I was like, if I'm going to talk about, you know, this or this. But yeah. so it is spoiler. So don't listen to this okay. episode. Stop listening. Read name, say, come back. Okay, go. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Tell us everything. Let it, let it, let it shine. We're ready. <laughs> okay. So Isolde and Holland. So Isolde is Fable's mother. Holland is Isolde's mother. And she's, Holland is a super like badass, like powerful woman in the trade industry. Um, I think a lot of times people get this idea from Fable that it's like um, women don't hold power and all this stuff. But that's really not true. I, I didn't write it that way. Yeah. And I think that might be kind of like people imposing our own cultural mm-hmm. stuff on the book because um, Isolde's a great example of this. She's like the most powerful gem, gem yeah. trader in the Narrows or the Unnamed Sea. And she's an older woman. She's grandmother age. And um, she's super fancy and classy. She's a classy lady. But <laughs> she is seriously shady. She's a shady girl. And you know what she has to do to survive. And she's not. Yeah. <laughs> but like the first scene where I really felt that was when she's walking through her warehouse with fable and everyone and she's noticing the workers and they're like they are terrified of her yeah she's willing to like make eye contact with her yeah holland don't play no she's like <laughs> she's seriously so hardcore so i i love her character but she's not that different i mean they're all different but they they're all this way right it's yeah. it's a result of the world it's a very brutal world survival is um key and you do what you got to do to survive and Holland is no exception. So um, I think that her and Isolde's relationship, we only get to see it through Holland's retrospect, right? Because we're not, um, Isolde isn't on the page in the book and she's only, her feelings and thoughts about the past are only conveyed through Fable's memories of her mother telling her things. Mm -hmm. So we really get kind of like a one-sided, pretty one-sided view of the relationship between Holland and Isolde. But I think that based on what Fable knows about her mother, we can kind of infer why things were the way they were um, because we're in Fable's POV. So anyway, I think their relationship is complicated, just like how Saint and Fable's relationship is very complicated, but in a totally different way. So I see Isolde as this like young woman who wanted to break free of her mother's power and control and, um, you know, make a new life for herself and make her own way, which isn't that different from Fable's goals in the end of book one. And I think that when Fable encounters her mother's reality and her past, her story, her secrets, all of that stuff, Fable's really learning a lot about herself and why she is the way she is and how much of her is from her mother, how much of her is from her father, what parts are just her. I think she's really trying to unravel all of that. And Holland and Isolde's story is, is very much a part of that. It's yeah, always- I loved, go ahead, Anna. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying I loved that um, you started to understand how Isolde could be feeling by the way that Holland was starting to manipulate Fable into like right. yeah. becoming a part of this empire. Mm-hmm. And so you realize she's like piecing together bits about her mother and why she left. Mm-hmm. And it was just so like profound. I loved it. 
it's almost like saint even though like it was really hard what he did he almost if he if he had kept her with him fable would have almost had to have kind of situations like that or even be known to holland mm-hmm. and so saint was protecting her by putting her on is it javal J- javal mm-hmm. yeah, okay perfect i was like please tell me i'm pronouncing it correctly <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you don't pronounce everything right <laughs> but um while we're here and then and i just love the depth that you're bringing to this and really coloring in that picture for us i'd love to know um i, I actually was talking about this a little bit um or i was gonna ask this later on but you mentioned in like your dedications about like your parents and like your relationship with, with your parents and kind of how you've written them into the story and i'd love to know a little bit about satan fable and how you brought them into the story and things like that if you're okay with like getting a little deep about that because it was just really beautiful how you wrote about that yeah so i mean the fable i've talked about this a lot but fable the story really was born out of my own grief after losing my dad in 2016 that was a big um big crossroads moment for my life. And the first time I had, I mean, I'd lost grandparents, but it was the first time I really like lost an immediate loved one like that. And, um, I had a complicated relationship with my dad. He was a complicated guy. He was very complex. And there's a lot of things I didn't understand about him until he was gone and um things i didn't really understand about why he was the way he was and all of that so fable and saint are not based on me and my dad they're definitely pieces of my dad and saint they're pieces of me and fable for sure and um i feel like it kind of became this opportunity for me to explore some questions i had um and i feel like all my books are that honestly i do this in all of my books um with in different ways but with fable it was so much about me like from my perspective about that and then you know so much of the story is about her relationship with saint and coming to terms with who he is and why why he is the way he is and then we get into namesake and we really shift into her exploring more about her mother and this other side so it's like the two sides of her and um and then you know trying to like I said like trying to figure out the the core part which is not her mom or her dad but is just who she is and I think because she has kind of lived her entire life like in her mom's in the shadow of her mom's legacy And then like hiding her identity and her connection to her father. I think Fable is on a pretty huge quest to kind of figure out the truth, you know, not about any specific thing that happened, but about who she is really. Yeah. That is so beautifully said. And I'm really sorry, but I'm really like grateful that you were able to share that journey and bring so much hope to other people and help them explore those things too. One of the things that really touched me, um, just because like just personally just when when you can see saints emotions about fable throughout the book that you let us you let fable see that and you let us see that that was so powerful for me um and i was so grateful especially at the end of the first book just like how much you could see clearly how much he he really did care for her and i was like Mm -hmm. thank you for that gift (laughs) like thank you for it yeah well and he's like he's not perfect right he's a he is a very gray character and he's made mistakes and he's done things wrong and he but i think like in a way he was doing his best, you know, and he, he's 
got his own hangups, his own traumas, his own wounds and fears and all of that. And I think that there isn't any, um, parent child relationship that isn't complicated and complex, especially as you become an adult and you start seeing like just how human your parents really are. I think it's kind of, it, it is like a universal journey, I think. Yeah. Oh, totally agree. Speaking of, um, characters who are imperfect, who has a dark past, <laughs> talk a little bit about West. <laughs> West. Because especially oh, in the second book, like you, in Fable, you know that, you know, West has done things he's not proud of to get to where he is now, but then the namesake starts, um, and Fable has been taken, and she learns to find that, like, he has been, like, burning ships down he is on like he's gonna find fable yeah so like you learn more of the darker struggles he's had because they have to have more open conversations um and it really puts him at odds with his crew what he wants to do to get fable and what they want to do um and especially with willa so was it hard writing for him to go through those struggles what was it like yeah he you know i always knew that west you know, had this like really dark side and I knew we were going to explore it more in namesake, but I didn't know to what extent I didn't know. Like, um, you know, he tells that story when he's in the tavern, when he first met Saint and I, I didn't know that was going to happen. Like when I started typing that scene and he starts telling her this story, I didn't know what was, what was going to happen in that chapter. And so I feel like I was discovering a lot about uh, West as I was writing the book, but, um, I think like his internal war over who he is and his own like acceptance over his grayness and like his, how much darkness he has, um, really comes into play with every, it affects everybody in the book. And we know that he loves Fable. We know that he will do anything for the people that he loves and he won't, he won't even hesitate you know like he won't even think twice about it and there's this moment um where he kind of admits to her he's like I think I would do it all again you know like he's like you need to know this about me I'm not like this person that was you know my arm was twisted behind my back and I was forced to do these things and now I'm just eaten up with guilt about it he's he's really believes he's done what he's had to do Mm -hmm. and he accepts that you know, and that's who he is. And then that puts Fable in a position where then she has to accept that she loves somebody like that, you know? So I think they're all, this happens with all of them, but I think Fable or Wes is a good example that as they're all coming to terms with who they are and what they've done and what they will do in the future and their plans and all of that, it, that really is like brushing up against everybody else. And, you know, these people who chose each other in book one, like either chose love with each other or chose family or found family, whatever, they they have to choose each other again mm-hmm. in namesake. And that's they so ha- cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's challenged, you know, like they have to decide, like, did I make a mistake here? Are, are these really my people? Because it's not that simple, right? It's not yeah. as simple as being like, I found my people. No people are people, you know, and they're human and they make mistakes and they hurt you and they lie to you and they betray you and whatever. And they also give you a lot of love and support and respect and all those wonderful things that make us love them. But people are not perfect. And I think we all have a lot more darkness than we're willing to admit. 
And so I feel like this, it was fun for me to explore all of that with these characters. I love that. And I loved it. I loved it, especially because it felt so real. But like Fable and West didn't come together and then they're like, we're perfect now. Like it was a constant because you can, you have to continue to choose that person. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what marriage is all about is like when you are married, like you're constantly, your marriage is holding up a mirror you know, like a person, Mm -hmm. like you're constantly seeing, oh, I can affect this person this way, or I can, my choices affect us, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's really beautiful how West and um, Faye will see each other. I was going to say, are there parallels in what you just described um, between West and Fable um, and Saint um, and Isolde, like how that, does that make sense? Like in their relationship, like did Isolde have to do the same thing with Saint, do you think? Absolutely. Um, There... I, I want to write more about Saint so bad. Announce it, announce it. (laughs) I I want to so bad. There's no like official plans right now to do that. But, um, (laughs) I, I, even if I have to do it for myself, I have to, I have to write this story. Even even if it's a short story, even if it's a novella, like, I I don't know what form. We would help you. We would like people's (laughs) lives if they don't buy it. We would help however you need it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to. I have to go there for part of my, as part of my own journey, you know, like, I feel like there are, there are things I know about their story and their relationship. And then there are things that I don't know, but I think that the thing that is really telling and namesake about that specific subject is when Saint tells Fable, I did know about the necklace, but I didn't know where it came from. And I made her promise never to tell me. Because he, the, I mean, spoiler, obviously, but the midnight is in the necklace because Isolde, or yeah, Isolde had found it and hidden it and she'd kept it with her all this time. And so he knows what's in the necklace and he knows that part of Isolde's story, but he also knows himself and he knows like his weaknesses. He knows his hunger for like power and control and he loves Isolde and he doesn't ever want her to be touched by those things which mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure she is in different aspects but I love that moment where he kind of reveals that like that to me is like his ultimate vulnerability and commitment to his old is that he made her promise never to tell her the thing that would um give him the most power you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah and I think that it also answers a lot of questions that we have like, you know, kind of like uh, in Gilmore Girls, like the lore, like Rory, like you can kind of see like how yeah. life in the future would be. And I think you can kind of be like, that's how Weston Fable's relationship will be is like, it, they will be strong and he'll protect her and she'll protect him just like how they are in there. Um, right. One of the, like my favorite lines, I think in the entire book was that her name wasn't the only name we weren't allowed to say. At that, yeah. like, I, I, was, like, I like closed the book and I was like, <laughs> Uh, I like had a full do you see it I literally have like tears in my eyes thinking about it just thinking yeah. about it oh yeah I I honestly I have I always in my books I have like points where I get really emotional when I'm writing but fable and namesake I have never cried so much writing a book and that was a that was a big moment for me when he said that and then when clove says it right um yeah so like when he reveals that like tiny little 
piece and then um chapter crumbs just little crumbs to keep us going (laughs) yeah i don't think he loves you her name isn't the only one we're not allowed to say i was like (laughs) yeah so it hurts so good but and then like in chapter 39 that's like the big that was like a really big one that i was just literally couldn't type through my tears i was crying so much so when um when she swims down so like one of my favorite parts was when spoiler like come on we're here now right um when she's like and she feels what she feels is her mother oh my um, gosh i was just gonna bring that up go anna oh take, i was just gonna say like, she, they're like the last hope she's like i think possibly it's here and she goes down and she's like like it's almost like she sees a ghost of her mother in the water because she like turns for a second and she can see like the light hitting through the water and she's like it's just there's nothing but memories here i literally was like are she actually alive (laughs) 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 what she realizes that the reason why she feels her mother so strongly is because of the necklace Mm -hmm. i just what was that like writing that and experiencing that like how did that come to you i'd love to know more about like writing that scene and just that whole connection there oh my god so i i am a discovery writer so I don't outline. Um, and when I got to the end of namesake, so they didn't find the midnight. I'm like, wow. this is my first draft. I'm writing through the first draft of the book. They didn't find the namesake. I don't know where the namesake is. I'm just writing. And then he gives her that necklace. And I think it's chapter 39. Yeah. He gives her that necklace and I like finish writing that chapter. I'm like tears on the keyboard. (laughs) And then I start writing the next chapter and I'm like, I'm closing up this book I'm wrapping up the story. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's still going to go through a lot of revisions and there's things I want to add in and whatever. But um, I did not know that the midnight was in the necklace until Fable knew. So when she is sitting there and she's like cleaning the stuff. And then it dawned, like right before it dawns on her on the page is when it dawned on me. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I like called my critique partner and I was like, oh my God, it all makes sense. It all makes sense now. Like all these things that happened, I didn't, I did not know. So, and I talked about this recently in another interview that the whole thing with the necklace was said, it's what I call story magic. Like, yeah. This is not, you can't explain this stuff. Like yeah. the way that this stuff happens and connects. Like I've had so many experiences like this, but this is such a great example where when I started writing fight Fa- fable, I did not know anything about this necklace. I didn't know like when she, I think it first appears in a memory when she describes her mother tucking her in and she remembers the necklace, like swinging. Yeah that's the first time I saw the necklace or knew about it, Mm -hmm. but I knew it was special. Like my intuition was telling me this necklace is important and I don't know how. Then she goes to Saint's uh, post, his office, and she sees it there and she takes it. And she's like, just kind of impulsively takes it. I didn't know that she was going to wind up using it as a bargaining chip to solve their problems later. I just knew it was in her pocket. So when I got, it's like, when I got there, then I was like, oh shit, this is what, this is what it's, 
why she took it because I knew yeah. she took it, but I didn't know why I knew it was important, but I didn't know why. So I get to the end of, we were the same fable. way. We were having the same reactions. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I got to the end of fable and I was like, that's what this necklace was. That's why it was so important is because she was going to use it as a bargaining chip. And that's why my like intuition was telling me this is a special piece of the puzzle, but it wasn't over there. And I didn't know that. So then I go to write namesake and I'm like writing, 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 and everything kind of came together in this really complicated web through both books. And it all had to do with the goddamn necklace that I <laughs> seriously had no idea. We need to I get a no necklace. Idea. We need to do this. I'm like, when readers are like, oh my God. Like what you just said. Oh my God. And then she was swimming and then she felt her mother and it really was just the, the midnight. I was just like, I know that's how, <laughs> right? that's how I felt because when that all came together at the end and Saint gave it back to her and everything, I was like, oh my God, that's why she felt her mother at the scary. The midnight at the scary that it's been there all along. Like I'm <laughs> totally losing it, but I really, that's how I write. And so I feel like I go on that journey. Like I go on that roller coaster too, when I'm writing. And of course there are things I plot out and that I know, and I have to be strategic about, but the really special part of storytelling to me is when stuff like that happens, where it's not me. I don't know who it is. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's, it's something beyond me. And I, I love that. I feel like I'm like finding clues and putting things together. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. This, this is the interview of my dreams. I love this. Um, okay. This is like one of the reasons why when someone asks us like what books do you recommend, like your books are like the first that we recommend. And I'm just going to like read this question. So when I read F Sky in the Deep and Fable, you really just have a talent for writing likable and strong heroines. And I think that it's such a tightrope to walk, to write a character that's mm -hmm. strong, but also humble, who has an internal conflict that's like, an understandable conflict because sometimes we read books where like the heroine you're just like I know you're gonna go through this but I don't want to go through this with you um and um they have that journey to walk through but the listener can empathize till the very beginning and I love that your character your stories are very character driven how the crap do you do this Adrian Young <laughs> <laughs> so I I mean I've kind of touched on this already but I'm a big believer in gray I do not see the world in black and white. And I think that the people who have a really hard time with characters like Saint and they're like, he's horrible. How could he, how could she forgive him? How could, you know, he do this and he's just tainted in their eyes forever, but they're not looking at him through the lens of the world he lives in. And they're not looking at him through the lens of his life experience. And so I think I have the same approach to main characters where I feel like they can't just be good. If they're just good and they're just strong, that is so uninteresting to me. Mm -hmm. So like I, I, yeah, I, there's so many characters like this, like Harry Potter is a great example. And I, I love the Harry Potter series. And yes, Anna, I love I like, yes. Talk more about Harry Potter. Yes. And a lot of the characters, like, I mean, Snape is one of my favorite characters of all time. Lupin's one of my favorite characters of all time, mm. but why? Because they're really gray. Right. And mm -hmm. so, but then you have Harry Potter who, even though he's the hero of the whole story and I love Harry, he's just good. 
he just he's just good he just wants to sacrifice himself for everyone he just wants to make the right decision he just wants to he has like this perfect moral compass Mm -hmm. and where humans aren't like that you know like we're selfish we like do things we shouldn't we think really dark thoughts like there's just I think especially when you're in a first person POV it's an opportunity to show that a main character has darkness and that they have vulnerabilities and to me that connection point comes from being able to relate to them and I think that even things we don't want to admit about ourselves if we can find that in a character it makes us latch on to them because Mm -hmm. you know it's like if you a lot of us can't accept those things about ourselves because they're like make us bad or whatever, but we're, we're all this way, you know? So I think that making a character gray is like the first thing and then making them vulnerable is the next. Like we want to write these strong female characters who have no emotions and their feelings don't get hurt and they don't get scared and they, you know, whatever. And really that's not realistic either. And I think that when you really show that softness and the kind of, um, not weak points, but kind of chinks in the armor, you know, um, like this is very true about Elin as well. Um, and then like with fable, I think, you know, she's super tough and she's a survivor, but like Mm -hmm. she still gets her feelings hurt and she's heartbroken about her dad and she feels left behind and abandoned and, you know, she wants to be accepted. So I think those human qualities are really what brings that character to like a realistic and interesting place. Totally agree. I love that. Thank you. I'm like, now try not to talk about Harry Potter. Try not to talk about Harry Potter. (laughs) You're all, you're all, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. What house are you? (laughs) (laughs) But just like you, just the examples you wrote this in were so like understandable and realistic because when Fable's on the ship, she's on the Marigold for the first time and she's like, can start to see herself finding a place. So she's like, but no, like they probably don't even want me to be here. Like, so there's so many times where she is this tough character, but she kind of has to get in her own way. Yeah. And she's, has insecurities. Mm-hmm. you know and like fears of rejection and things that all of us have and th- those really are the things I think that draw a reader in and and make them want to go on this adventure with her and experience it through her eyes totally I have to tell you something super funny I was showing my husband like the other night was like oh my gosh, what books are you reading? I was like, let me tell you about them. And I was like, this book is this, this book is this. And I was like, and this book is about a strong character, but it has the best kissing scene I've ever seen. And he was like, what are you thinking? And I was like, let me just read it. And I like read it and he was like, oh my gosh, that made me feel things. And I was like, I know, right? (laughs) He's like, oh, that's why you read books. And I was like, no, but also yes. Yes. So thanks for giving us the gift of that West End Fable, like underwater kissing scene. I was like so concerned for them, yeah. but I was like, they're going to be fine. They're breathing. I know I can't breathe right now, but they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I do love that scene too. Oh my gosh. Actually, that's a great way to lead way into this. So the I'd love to know the research you had to do for this whole world because the, you're so technical with a lot of the terms that you have. So I'd love to know what all went into it. Um, so much research. It was, I enjoy, I really enjoy research. Mm-hmm. I can tend to spend too much time on research and it almost becomes like a procrastination for just getting to work on the book. But, um, 
I really love research and I feel like I was pretty intimidated by the research that was going to be required for this book. And, um, I'm, I've been on sailboats before, but I have obviously, well, not obviously there are people who sail, but I'm not a sailor. It's and, like Rachel and friends. She's like, what? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, I don't sail. And it honestly is not something that you can just research your way into and, and pull it off. Like it's, there's so many like nuanced technical Mm -hmm. things. It's not just about the ship and what things are called and what kind of ship it's also like how are ships crewed and how many people do you need for how many masts on the ship? And like, is like, like her, like quote unquote cliches or like thoughts are related to water. I was just very impressed. Continue. Sorry. I was just like, (laughs) girl, you went deep. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like you know, there's this whole technical side, but then there's like the scientific side where you have to deal with like wind, like how does wind work and what angle do the sails have to be at? And, you know, um, currents and when there's a storm, what exactly happens when the water hits the side of the ship and things like all of these things, there's so much technical stuff in there. And so I had a, um, expert, consult on the books and her name's Lily Moore. She's also a writer and she wrote both books or read both books um, (laughs) before they were done being revised. And so I like went based on my own knowledge, like my own research, I went in and there were things I just had to bullshit my way through because I don't know Mm -hmm. and whatever. And then she read it and then she would put comments in the draft. Like this is actually, you would call this, this in this situation. And there's some things that change just because I, I was making my own world. So yeah. like their thing, like a, like the striker, like that is a thing, but that was a really uncommon term, you know, but I wanted to use it for my world. So there's, yeah. there are edits I made, but there are things like, like there, I always tell the story that like one time I was reading her notes on a scene, I was in a coffee shop and I was laughing so hard. I was crying (laughs) because it's the scene in a storm in fable Okay, in the storm. And I'm like, then this happens, then this happens. And then this happens. And her notes are like, she wouldn't do that. And the next note is like, (laughs) no, if she does, if she did this, she would literally die. Um, no, you know, like she's like going down and I'm like, I just killed Fable like six times in my chapter without knowing it. And so like, those are the things that were invaluable to have her input, to make it realistic, you know? And I think even people who don't know is same with the free diving stuff, even people who don't know, and they're, they haven't been sailing or whatever. It feels real to them because there is this kind of undertow of like actual fact underneath it so and then some things you can't really spell out and you just have to trust that the reader is jiving with you yeah we jived we fully oh we jived so hard (laughs) there was never a point where I was ever like how is that even possible like if if she if she climbed up there and did that like 100% of the way through I was fully immersed into the book my text (laughs) and I were like I am a maiden on an I have red hair flowing down my back every time gosh I need a bath right now (laughs) okay I literally remember my husband brought up to me because I was like yeah Celine just kept joking that she needed a bath and he was like she dives for a living why would she need a bath she's wet most of the day yeah okay 
I mean, she probably doesn't smell very good, but also my, my copy editor, when she was copy editing Fable, she was like, okay, but w- when's the last time she ate? Like, <laughs> yes. I was like, so concerned for her. Has she had water? Like, <laughs> and then like later on she gets to a point and like Fable, like gets, grabs a piece of bread off the table and she's like, okay, now I'm fully concerned about the love, the lack of food she's eaten. Yes. Like my copy editor was so concerned about it. <laughs> we were all concerned for her. I was just, I think Anna and I were, you probably heard it in our recap episode. We're like, when she had the boots, we were like, oh my gosh, she has boots. We were also like, girl, wash those feet. <laughs> <laughs> wash those nasty feet (laughs) we were just so excited for her to get boots but I was like I just want to personally thank you in namesake for giving her a bath and putting her in a dress we were like Fable and she was like get this thing off me literally uses a knife to like take it off of her body and I was like girl literally I remember she takes the frock and like throws it into the sea and I was like sell it girl yeah Yeah. Yeah, too drama I also loved that Wes was like, no, 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 I'm going in there with her. There's no, like, I love that you didn't even, like, you're like, there's no propriety here. I'm literally, like, we are pirates. Leave us alone. If we do, <laughs> yeah. like, leave us this, alone. This is how we do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. It, they're very unapologetic about who they are, where they're from, their way of life. And I, I love that. That was fun we to write. It was also so good to have them just be in the room together. I was like, oh, thank gosh, you're together. Okay, hi. How are you all yeah. doing? <laughs> okay. Let's talk. We just have like two more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can pick which one you want to answer first. But we'd love to hear more about Last Legacy. We've had a lot of people like message us questions about that. And um, also, where are West and Fable now? And don't you think Saint would be the cutest little grandpa like ever? <laughs> <laughs> So I think, okay, so I'll, I'll answer about Western people first. Okay. I think right now they are, and you'll get to see hints of this, not about them, but about the world um, mm-hmm. in The Last Legacy, where the Narrows is going under a big transformation. Like, they really are coming into their own. They are a contender, like a legitimate contender after the events of namesake and Holland loses her ring and all of that. So I feel like Fable and West have this innate sense. And even Koi does when he's like making his own plans. He's like, they're, they're all kind of like have this sense that something's coming for the Narrows. Like it's kind of a new dawn there. So I think that when they go back to the Narrows, they're going back to essentially build a new world. Like it, there's a whole thing on the horizon here. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, exactly it's going to look like or what is going to happen. But I think that as they're building this new trade route in the Narrows, the Narrows is kind of being reborn. And um, they're even through the eyes, like in the last legacy we see that even the people in bastion are starting to view the narrows as a threat and that's never been true before and so i think that where they are right now is they are on the marigold um they are building their roots but i think they're also being very strategic about the future and placing their chips on the board very strategically and um I think also they have a really interesting relationship with saints. Um, I would love to get in there and just see where are they and how do they interact and how do their businesses parallel and how do they, 
Yeah, I know. I'm like, just throw another novella on there. We're okay with it. We're, no one is complaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, they're all, they're all like doing this, doing this thing that they set out to do, but the midnight is still a fable scary. And I feel like they will need it one day. Like, I feel like they, they know that they'll need it one day, mm-hmm. but for what, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and then you also have like Willa and Koi who are on Jabal. Okay. I was literally going to ask, cause I'm like, Willa's starting her own like business mm-hmm. up there. She's going to do what she's finally been waiting for. But I'm like the tension between Willa and Koi. Mm-hmm. It was there. We love that. Tension. Oh yeah. Oh it. yeah. There's something there for sure. And I think that he, I think he was very happy to get her on Jamal. We were also very happy for him. Oh, yeah. To get her on yeah. So I, I think that they're also kind they represent this whole new kind of, mm-hmm. um, not generation, but like population and the narrows, like as the narrows is growing and in influence and power and money and all of that. I think that there are people like Koi and Willa who are rising into yeah. a different kind of power as well. And so, um, I think their story is super interesting. I, I just, I like, I think it's a really cool time in the Narrows right now. So yeah. I'm just as curious as everyone else. We're so excited. For the oh, that's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the last legacy. Yeah. Um, so I, God, I love this book so much. Um, and it's different. It's different than Fable and Namesake, mm-hmm. but you're going to see a lot of the same things that like people love about fable and namesake are present here it's like that super gritty dark world i would argue darker than um the trader world it they're kind of like in the underbelly of the city crime world slash um merchant guild world and like all the super powerful people um and just all the shady stuff that happens to keep that power so we kind of get to see this whole world from a different perspective mm-hmm. and none of it takes place on the water. Like nobody's sailing to different places or anything. Like we're all just like in the city the whole time. And we're like in these different like boroughs of Bastion, which was really fun to write. And um, this book is so much about kind of like that is blood thicker than water what what is family really and then kind of controlling your own destiny and um this girl Bryn which this is all in the descriptions but um this girl Bryn was estranged from her family her parents were killed in a job gone wrong type thing um with the family business which is very questionable uh, to say the least. And um, they have kind of made their fortune on the fake gem trade in the past. And so her parents were both killed in this job that went down and she was like four years old and her great aunt Soraya struck a deal with her uncle who was the patriarch of the family and essentially was like, let me take her to this other place. It's a place called Nimsmeyer let me take her there and raise her. And then you can have her back on her 18th birthday. So on her 18th birthday, she gets a letter from her uncle summoning her home to Bastion and Soraya has to make good on her part of the deal. So this girl, Bryn, who's been raised very proper, very well-bred, very like, um, kind of been raised in the midst of the high society of this world among the gem guild and everything, she is like thrust into her super dark 
cutthroat family and reunited with them. And then she's got to hang, you know, and like prove her loyalty. Her (gasps) uncle has a lot of like plans for her to use her because he sees her as like a bridge between that gym guild world and he wants another merchant ring because you remember he Henrik he got a merchant ring and namesake now he wants one for Saros or for Bastion and he thinks that she is going to be his ticket so she is a person who has been used and manipulated for other people's purposes forever like for her whole life she's always been a part of someone else's plan and now she is in this new world and she's going to have to choose for herself, you know, what her future holds. And so it's, it's very, very interesting compared to Fable and Namesake. Like there are some parallels, but then there's very much like these other themes that come up. And then of course there is a love story, a kind of forbidden love story with, um, Ezra the silversmith who we met in namesake and so there's a lot going on in this book and we don't see fable and west in the gang Mm -hmm. but the fallout of their actions in namesake is is everything that is driving what's happening in this book because holland has fallen there she's left a gaping hole in the guild the unnamed sea gem guild is like scraping for power again and there's this one gem ring uh, guild ring that's available and Henrik wants it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like people who have gone on that journey fable to namesake will be like very well like set up for the story and the last legacy which is also really fun um but you're with totally different people who have totally different motives and yeah, so I, I love this book. I love it so much. I am so excited to read it. I love a jaded character. I love she jaded. Does. She so loves much. it when the character's really gone through it. I like, yeah. I love it. I don't know why, but I love when my characters suffer and I'm like, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Well, and Bryn is bitter. You know, she's like, she, mm-hmm. she wants to believe, you know, that she has like a place, but she also is bitter that she's been kind of like a lamb raised for yeah. slaughter a little bit. So she's just, she's an interesting character and she has, she has a temper on her. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so is this a standalone or is this like a duology or? It's a standalone right now. Um, I don't have plans to continue the story, but I, I feel like the nature of this world is that people go on to the next like adventure. And so I feel like there's just endless possibilities. I feel like I could- We're very yeah. okay with that. We're like, I could, we're the world. We're very okay just to hang in it. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I, I like, if you ask me after The Last Legacy comes out, the same question you just asked me about Weston Fable, like, where are Bryn and Ezra and mm-hmm. what is happening? I have the answer to that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. See you in September. <laughs> but if it if it will ever become a book or anything, I have no idea. But I just feel like I have felt so connected to this world from the beginning mm-hmm. that I do feel like I could just tell an endless number of stories. But I mean, you can't always do that and publishing doesn't always work that way. So mm-hmm. I have no idea what will happen in the future. And I do have other books coming out. So um there's that as well so oh my gosh man you're such a giver you just give up 
What the gift? Yes, everything. Our cups are so full right now. I know. I'm so like, <laughs> Damn, this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our podcast and letting us just like ask you all these questions. You've given it, you've illuminated so many different mm-hmm. concepts and things for us. And we just really appreciate like you giving us this time. And I'm glad the, the listeners and like all of your readers get to just hear this like really genuine love, not only yeah. of writing, but of sharing these stories. And we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for being so excited about the books. I feel like the success of Fable and Namesake really is just in people like you guys and your listeners who are like, just so excited and are willing to kind of connect with the book and the characters and all of that. And so I, I 100% credit like, even getting to write the last legacy (laughs) to like people who just showed up for this series. So um, it's been really, really a really cool, um, part of my career so far. Yeah. We wish you so much luck. Yeah. yeah. So much luck with everything. We'll be rooting you on the whole time. So thank you. Yeah, Thanks will. guys. Thanks. Hey, well, awesome. if you guys want to follow her, what's your Instagram? Is it just Adrian Young Books? Or- yeah, I'm really only on Instagram. Adrian Young Books is my handle. And then, um, the kind of hub for all of like information events workshop stuff like all of that kind of stuff is my website and that's adrianyoungbooks.com perfect that's so great we'll talk to you you. i know thank you so much and we'll see you guys next week all right bye guys